roundabout way of saying, yeah, I guess I'd keep the same bike. Mm-hmm. Yo, hold on, Dylan. Roundabout. Tell Robert to stop cleaning his dishes. Save that for later. Robert, you're making too much noise. Still. <laughs> you wasted water. Yeah, the people who listen are going to complain a lot. What is up, party people? Another guest episode for y'all this week, and we decided it was time to mix in some estrogen field perspective for the first time in quite a while. So we got Britain's Danny Shroshri and closet data nerd Paige Onweller in the studio with us this week to break down some initial thoughts on this weekend's Lifetime Grand Prix stop at the Red. And we learned in the process that Dylan might even be outgunned by Paige when it comes to equipment and strategy analysis. So put your propeller caps on and tune in for this one. If you have any questions or feedback for the show, drop us a note at bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the Bonk Bros Instagram page. Big shout of appreciation to our loyal Patreon supporters for keeping the mics on. If you want to throw your favorite podcasters a few bones, check out that link in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. Sweet. Yeah, your voice does sound rough now. I'm sorry. It doesn't sound like deep and like the dulcet tones coming through. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell if it sounds better or worse. <laughs> Probably much worse. Much worse. Who who else is with you? I hear voices in the background. Yeah, we got Danny and Paige here. Hi. Hello. Where is Adam? He's not even showing his Hello. face. Adam's got uh, got some work meetings. He said that ran over. So, oof. Okay. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll join us in a few. But you guys are out getting ready for yet another. Lifetime Grand Prix event. Ta-da! Yeah, the never-ending series. Yeah. Is it? Do you guys just keep rolling into 2024 and then like 20? It just like continues. There's just I'm, no end to the gravel season. I was ready for the big sugar party. This is going to be a rave. Right? Yeah, no, I'm close. <laughs> I've got my Hawaiian shirt. Alexis Scarlet is a special. What? Did, what? Did, does she sing or something? She DJs. She DJs. Yeah. Wow. She's actually pretty good. Okay. I'll tell you the DJ, Since I'm not racing, can I get your ticket? Because I know you're probably going to be at home shaving tire th- tire hairs off of some Contis or something like that. Like, <laughs> can I get your entry? <laughs> That'd be your plus one. Uh, Nina's going to be with me, so unfortunately, no. I'm sorry. Dang it. Wait, <laughs> yeah. so is this, uh, is this party just for lifetime I, I'm going to get so drunk. it's not for lifetime athletes only but if you raced the event you get in for free otherwise you gotta pay 50 bucks this voice is wild right now man this voice is so much deeper and raspier than usual i'm just trying to you know you guys tried to replace me the last two episodes so i gotta come with something different (laughs) instead of all these diet tylers that you were trying to audition (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it's like fifty bucks a ticket for the rave, or if you uh, if you race, you get in free. So, I need uh, someone to check me a plus one. Anyone, anyone who lifetime thinks they can throw a party that's worth fifty dollars, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that that sounds skeptical. Adam, we were there last year and it was free. Remember? But today, yeah, and it was not worth fifty bucks. I'll say I, that. It was a rave last year. It was more of like a. It it was it was in a public setting. Like anyone could just show up for it. Yeah, no, anyone. Definitely. Like if you're charging fifty bucks, it better be like at the club. Uh, no. <laughs> Someone using the vacuum back there? Or what's up with that? Dude, we're recording now. 
Oh my Who's god. It's having a smoothie of the day. Can you see 10 pounds of fruit a day? Dude, come on. Direct all messages to Dylan about the. Uh, are you are you guys all staying together? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I, I'm staying with I'm staying with Adam or Barrett. I'm not. That's a complete lie. <laughs> Stay, staying with Danny. <laughs> this town is. Wait, there's two. There's two females. Yeah. There are. Sorry, you can't see them. Move, One. Move <laughs> yeah, we, we Dylan, we see you all the time, man. We don't need to see you. <laughs> it's like, like, no one, no one. We don't put these podcasts on YouTube, so no one can see you anyway. But they can hear your your voice. Okay, well, they can hear our voice. <laughs> do you want to hear Dylan's uh, English accent impression? <laughs> Good. I'll do an impression of Danny yesterday on a ride. <laughs> oh, Dylan. I, that was going to be my next question. That last film. Danny, <laughs> Danny, you're from you're from where? UK? Yeah, London. Yeah, London. Okay. Yeah. Dylan, you got some squares for me. I'm rock hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so we have these things called square bars, but out here you call them what? Rice Krispie treats. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's like they're just yeah. Everything out here is on like the grandest scale. And what we get. I went to the supermarket. I was like, Dylan, I just want some small bagels. Like, why are they all the size of my head? Welcome to America. So, uh, were y'all thinking about the course? The rat. Um, the rat. It's pretty red. Um, I. It's not what I expected. To be fair. I mean, everyone was like, oh, it's smooth gravel. Yesterday, it was pretty sandy. It is <laughs> and, sandy. Yeah. I don't think it's rained here in a while. Yeah. I've been here for since Schwamigan, and it hasn't rained, so. Yeah, it's pretty loose. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's champagne. You can run slicks. Like, narrow tires can be so fast. But I don't know. We were on that two-track for a while. Like, it, I was like, this is not champagne gravel. <laughs> and the descents are fast, but they're also pretty loose. And there's a couple, like, switchback sharp corners that come fast. So, yeah, I think it will be interesting. Yeah. And we'll be out there too. You know what's unique about this race is that if you look at the profile, you can see this, but it's almost all, it's like a steady, shallow uphill for the first half of the race. And then it's a steady, shallow downhill for the second half of the race, which I feel, you know, how many races do you do that are uphill for the first half and downhill for the second half? Yeah. And the hills are actually quite hot. <laughs> But I thought it was. Well, some some sections of them were pretty kicky. Well, most of it's draftable, though. I think also I'm just struggling at altitude. <laughs> yeah, I think Fair. most of the hills are gradual, and like you can get a good draft, which yeah. is going to be interesting for groups and such. So, are we recording? Yeah, yeah, we're recording, dude, and you're making your smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this movie is like a science experiment. You've been. Yeah. <laughs> doing that for a while. We can also kind of eat a small family. Yeah. We can't, like, if you're going to talk to us, you got to come over here because we can't hear you. Yeah, we, uh, we want to know how much maple syrup is in this smoothie right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any maple syrup, but he is putting some questionable powders in there. <laughs> it's it's in like a blue, like metallic container, and it says. Yeah, you better get used to it in here. 
What is that? Oh, it's quick. Bands of dubstep. <laughs> I just want to be a little bit heavier. Yeah. Oh. Adam's putting creatine in his smoothie. He's going to do cross. Yeah, he's trying to bulk up. Did, did, what was uh, what, what was Drew's conclusion on the creatine? I know he was super big on that earlier this year. I, I do it most for most for concussion. I think he has a YouTube video I, coming out about I it. I don't know. So, oh yeah, yeah, we don't want to spoil it. <laughs> no. Hey, Danny, do you know uh, Maddie Nutt or yeah. Josh Reeds or yeah. Travis Bramley? Yeah, no more. <laughs> Yeah, oh, cool. I, didn't, yeah I met Maddie, them in Africa. Are you met them in America? Oh, sick. Yeah, Maddie lives pretty near me, actually. Like, literally a mile down the road back home. Um, and, yeah, Josh, I met last year at one of the races. But he's just did Badlands, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that race looks insane. Yeah, I want to do it. I'm going to do it next year, I think. You're going to do it next year? Yeah. Wow. You're going for all the long races. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of it, Dylan? I'm saying that now. Yeah, no, I've heard of Badlands for sure. Okay. What, what yeah, looks the, really how long does it um, finish that one? I think Rob Britton did it. Oh, I need to check that out. Mm. Rob Britton did it this year? Yeah, he, he won, won it. He did. Like, oh, and I, I think he stopped. I don't, I didn't follow the news on it. I just know about it. Yeah, like, I think my friend did. And, like, Come on, dude. It's not even road racing. You have to follow it. It's basically over two <laughs> days. You do two night shifts, basically. Yeah. yeah. It does sound rough, but... Some reason I want to do it. It's it's like um it's like eight hundred k or something, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, there's the climbing, which is a joke. Like it's obscene. A joke in like a hard way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot. They have like um rock gardens where you basically <laughs> end up. Rock gardens. Yeah, so you have to carry your bike and like climb rocks. Like, Wait, is this road or gravel? Gravel. Yeah. Okay. And then you like ride along the beach for a bit. It's like a bike packing type race. Yeah, basically, okay. yeah. But you w- you would want a gravel bike for it? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. D- Dylan Dylan has a different um different idea of what gravel bike means. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, if we're talking about like rock gardens and riding on a beach, I I mean you already know what I'm thinking, Adam. But that's the section. Just one section out of eight hundred K. Probably a few, like okay. random little bits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's like 800k of gravel and then 100 <laughs> meters of rocks. That's... To be honest, you could probably use a mountain bike, gravel, and road bike in it <laughs> for different sections. That'd be ideal. Okay. So, so you're saying you want to drop drop our hardtail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, someone <laughs> is on the same page as us. Alexi was not having the drop our hardtail last week. Oh, really? He's not into that's that at all. I mean, I'd try it. That's cool. Don't know what if I'd actually cool. like it if I rode it. <laughs> Dylan, are you going to use that for the rad? Definitely not. The rad is okay. so ninety percent of the course is pretty smooth gravel, like champagne gravel or whatever they call it, <laughs> and then ten percent is rough, where maybe that bike would be faster, but it's definitely not worth it for the other ninety percent of the where course. Where does this term champagne gravel come from? I don't know. So, I don't, they use that term nonstop when talking about SBT. So I feel like I, I know, but where do they get that from? I don't know. This like, the fact that it's it so easy. Means, yeah, cushy. Smooth. I mean, yeah, people yeah, are like, but, you know, people are at the side I mean, of the road, like spraying you with champagne. Super <laughs> 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 riding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's not like sh- drinking champagne is like super smooth or anything. No. I guess it depends on the bottle. Yeah, but, 
But I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they talk yeah, about like champagne powder, like when you're going skiing, right? So maybe that's just a, since a steamboat's a ski town, maybe that's just how they, they got to that. Okay. Well, yeah, I bet you're right. It's like, like super pristine. I mean, it's definitely a, U- a U.S. So I haven't, it's not even a U.S. term. It's like a Colorado term. Okay. I, I haven't done SBT. How does the gravel here compared to SBT? Well, the gravel roads, like the, yeah. the we were riding, we're like, oh, this is smooth. That's a lot like SBT. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Less sandy at SBT or more? Less sandy. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There, there was a couple sandier sections. The descents are much easier, I think, at uh, SBT as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty similar otherwise. Gotcha. Really? Yeah. There's some. But isn't there only one descent you said at, at the rad? Well, I don't want to say one descent, but it's like you're you're going uphill for the first half and you're going downhill for the second half. And there's some rowdy descents in there. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. The sun was in my eyes, so I was holding my bars. Really. Oh, right. Yeah, the sun was in your eyes. And then, <laughs> the pain came over too. I just flew out. I literally so nearly went over the bars. <laughs> I was like, that could have been. So what are we thinking for tires for um, this is the t- this is the tire talk. This pop. conversation cracks me so hard. <laughs> Freaking hate tires. I came here so set on what tires I was going to use, and, and then, then you talk to me. I talk to you, and you just destroy my life. <laughs> um. So I've got some forties on, which are pretty slick, and I now I want to put my forty five. I can't say. <laughs> they all laugh at Schwably. 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 I'm gonna run 40s. Schwabbly. Schwabbly. You're gonna keep the forties on. Yeah, mostly because I wanna ride my road endurance bike mm-hmm. and that like yeah, I don't have clearance necessarily for something wider, but I don't think a forty two or a forty five is a bad choice if it's a fast rolling tire. Yeah. Um I but I think we've only seen fifty miles of it yeah. and that was like some of the rougher sections. That's so true. If you think about it, you got to make a choice for the 90%, you know, mm-hmm. versus a 10, but the decisive moments early on could warrant a wider tire. Yeah. I think, you know, majority of it's fine. If I just get another cyber puncture this year, it's going to finish me. <laughs> hey, Paige, why, why are you leaning towards the endurance road bike versus your gravel bike? Um, Mostly because there's a fair bit of climbing on this one. And I think this one climbs a bit better. It's a bit snappier too. Okay. The women we race with the men. So um, I think uh, that plays into things a bit as well. Like the first part of the mm. race when the selections are going to be made, like I'm going to want a lighter, faster, responsive uh, bike. But otherwise, yeah, I would choose the gravel bike for the descending here and some of the like that I haven't seen the early section that they're talking about, but there's like a chunky section pretty early on. And I think that's where, you know, a, a beefier setup would be advantageous. So do you think that if uh, they started, if they had separate waves for the men and the women that would change your bike choice or no? Um, possibly. Yeah. Um, because like, dude, that's this crazy. Movie, this is like an interesting, this is like a debate, right? So if you have like a, a light, lighter bike that maybe isn't as fast like descending then i gotta think about this hold on so your question is would i change my bike if it was a women only start mm-hmm. probably not just keep the same bike yeah i'd probably just keep the same bike and yeah. the part of that is like for me you know we're always thinking about okay like we that first 60 miles is climbing and who do we want to get in a group with but like we're trying to get in with the fastest men but then also not 
blow yeah. up, right? right? But on this course, with a lot of it being net downhill on the way back, like you're going to walk a fast route, and especially mm-hmm. with the way the wind is. And so for me, I'm going to want a lighter bike potentially, especially climbing to keep with faster men if possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, roundabout yeah. way of saying, yeah, I guess I'd keep the same bike. Mm-hmm. Yo, hold on, Dylan, tell Robert to stop cleaning his dishes. Save that for later. Robert, you're making too much noise. Still. You wasted water. <laughs> what? You the water? Yeah. The podcasters are going to, right, the people who listen are going to complain a lot. One time my girlfriend was talking in the background of the video and we got so many complaints. <laughs> it's a river. Yeah. It's that Colorado ambiance we're going for. I think if you worked in a smoothie place, you'd be sacked by now. Like, what? You like what? Maybe <laughs> store is taking you so long to make one smoothie. <laughs> you be fired. <laughs> so, so Dylan, so this is a this is an interesting conversation actually because I it's something that I don't think I'd, I or we have ever talked about or, or think, thought about how equipment choice could potentially change for the women based on the start, based on whether or not they start with the men or the women. Because if it's an all women start the start of the race could, you know, like it, it might not, the select, the, the early selections might not actually take place until later. Right. Because right. the natural selections that are going to take place are mostly from the stronger men just getting up the road faster. Right. So you guys are like you, you, you ladies are forced to have to make those early selection moves, even though that's not really like a decisive part of the race per se. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of interesting to think about how that could, you, you might strategize your equipment choices based on like the first 30 miles of the race. Right. Sure. Which is why like, yeah, I mean, a 40 tire is going to be lighter than a 45. And we talked about this, you know, yesterday and maybe it's not a, a ton, but you know, if that's a hundred or 200 grams for both tires, 200 grams of rotational weight, I, I feel that personally. Yeah. And like, there's data, right. But then there's also like how the rider feels. And I'm like a big component of like, what your equipment feels like and you need the data but there's also like you uh you just lost dylan he he just tuned out i know dylan's not gonna do this but that's one less pancake in the morning and then you get to go true but yeah the the men's women's mass start is um a bit annoying yeah we were talking about this yesterday about separating the women's field versus having it be a master. I just don't get like what five minutes if they literally just waited five minutes, then set us off after you guys. Like, well, I think it needs to be so, okay. My eyes were open to this after USAC gravel nationals, because mm-hmm. everyone's always said we can't enforce a no draft. We can't, you know, have a, a separate women's race. Cause then we'd have to do it on a different day. And that's too logistically challenging or expensive to do that. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it was they separated, I think it was what, 15 minutes after the men and they had motos out there. And nowadays, like, especially like for the lifetime events and most events of like the high level ones, like SBT, there's motos out there for media and all sorts of things. And the way USAC did it was they had people regulating, like you couldn't, you couldn't draft out for the men. If they were yeah. age group men coming behind you, or if you were catching pro guys, like it didn't matter if you were a guy, like we couldn't work with you. So, and they had people regulating that it was well known too. So I think any of the men would be like, Hey, you can't, you can't sit on my wheel type of thing. And so for me, for me to see that executed and executed well, gave me hope to think like other events can also do this if they choose and want to. 
And the women's field is now getting deep enough where we should have our own start, like not only for safety, but to give women more exposure and opportunity and actually like race other women. Right now, like you asked, what's your plan for tactics or your strategy? Well, that's simple. Mass start, find the fastest men's wheels. Like, yeah, this, which is frustrating. Yeah. That's a super frustrating way to race. Yeah. Cause you're, you're essentially taking the element of tactics out of the women the women's race, which is a huge part of bike race. Yeah, for sure. And there is some level of tactic of like, you have to know like where that boundary is like, mm-hmm. cause you can blow up and we've seen that for some women that go out really hard and then they just struggle the second half. But yeah, I mean, that's not a fun tactic. Like it's more yeah, fun to actually race. For sure. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that it's taking tactics out of the equation. It's just, it's changing the tactics. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Yeah. But yeah, to go back to like you were saying that people say that there's no way to enforce this, like look at Ironman or triathlon in general. They do mass starts, but there's no drafting in the bike section. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure people do it and get away with it, but that's cheating. You know, it's like if you want to take that risk and, and, you know, cheat in that regard, then I guess that's up to that individual. But it's largely successful in the sport of triathlon. Right. And that's the thing, like maybe if you're 50 and that's even worse, like right. we're not even saying you can't draft. We're saying you just can't draft someone in a different field. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I already asked you guys about this, but I have to get it on the podcast. How did you feel about the, um, what even is the crusher, the crusher start? It's horrible. Thank it's you. Dreaded. Yeah. No, the, right. the women need to go after. Cause what happened Ugh. was normally at that race, the selection first starts on the climb. So everyone kind of chills out and then the climb starts and that's when the race begins and you can see everybody. And this year the men just swallowed us on that road and there was like no room to move around. Like it was wild. And then you couldn't see where the women were. And yeah, that was, that was frustrating. I, I was ranting about the crusher start on the podcast the week after crusher, but we didn't have a woman on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was so we okay. All right. I'm, I'm sure, I, you know, and the dinner was really being bad and being the other side of the road. <laughs> Very. Right. All of the men are disqualified. We all cross the yellow line. <laughs> That's what cracks me. When someone yells at me for crossing the yellow line, crossing the line in the gravel race, like, especially when there's no line there. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand that. Then the buggy in front of us is like in the middle of the road. Right. I want it to be safe, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the other thing about USAC Nationals too, is that they had a rolling enclosure for the elite fields. And like mm-hmm. I have that was the the safest gravel event I have ever done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you think they really So you're saying right? USAC USAC did something right. Yeah. I know. Woo! get it on the record. I mean, it might, mm-hmm. might not happen, but yeah, I mean, you know, I will give it to them that they, they did a very good job in regards to safety for sure. So I'm, I feel like after talking to you, especially yesterday, I feel like I'm in complete agreement with you, but to play devil's advocate, the people who want the mass start, I would say are the people that are more on like the spirit of gravel side. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're trying to keep gravel grassroots and, and whatever. But I don't, okay, we also talked about this yesterday too, is that gravel is evolving and mm-hmm. there are a lot of like grassroots chill, like vibe events and that's perfectly fine. Ooh, thank you. Um, Adam is redeeming himself. Just, yeah, he's coffee. giving us coffee. <laughs> so happy. Thanks. 
Um, but the thing is like gravel is changing and I don't think we have to feel bad about that, but I also think events need to recognize and evolve with that. And that also means like, there's a lot of risks that are being taken for the front. And I know that like, everyone's like the roads are open, but at the same time, like we can't stop a mile from the finish at a stoplight and expect everyone to have a gentleman's agreement. I mean, look at the feeds. That was a diss at Mid-South. I think events are like learning to evolve hopefully in regards Mm -hmm. to like safety specifically um, Mm -hmm. for the finish and like highway crossings and things like that. And that was something that I saw at nationals that was eye opening to me. It's like, this is possible to do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. And like the whole, you know, grassroots versus elitist, is that kind of what you're getting at with the people that want to keep? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the spirit of gravel is slowly dying if it's not completely dead already. Um, but there, I think the people just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. The people on the other side of that argument would be like, they don't, they don't want the pro field separated from the amateur field. They don't want the women separated from the men. They want it to be a big mass start, a big party vibe, but it's not safe though. Like even at SBT, like I loved that event, but that start was chaotic. And we saw, I mean, we're seeing more crashes and it's just gravel is growing. So if you want everyone together, like that comes at a cost. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, pick and choose and people are going to eventually not go to those events if they don't feel safe, no matter how cool it is. I mean, I don't know that's my opinion on it, yeah. but no, I'm in agreement when, when unbound said they were going to separate the pro and amateur starts and separate the men and the women. I was happy. About yeah, that. That, was I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. I'll say it. No, I, I think that was great. I think there needs to be a bit more <laughs> that time. That we caught each other in the mud anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 All the pro men that had a shocker. There was, there, was a point, there was a point in the race where I think three women were ahead of me. <laughs> At least. Oh, dear. After the mud. Yeah. Oh, we're going to combine. Good times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you two are both going to Gravel Worlds, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's going to come from America is going to come experience jet lag like I do. And I can't wait. <laughs> We're also going to experience well, yeah. Okay. I don't, well, I did, I did uh worlds last year and the course was like, so tragic in terms of calling it, <laughs> you love that word, <laughs> calling it gravel because it was like, like a really steep, like a little bit of gravel descent, um, climb, then onto a road, then one little gnarly, uh, descent and then it was literally riding on a bike path for the whole way mm-hmm. and it like next to this canal. like a cinder path or something yeah like yeah yeah it was so boring and th- it was going to be the same this year and then they literally changed it two weeks ago and apparently it's going to be a lot better now but okay but the best gravel in europe is in spain it's actually pretty good Mm-hmm. Don't judge us from your European side. It's not all bad. So it, is everybody? I know everybody last year pretty much went with a road bike with thirty twos yeah. or something, thirty threes. Is yeah. that what people are doing this year? Or is the course hard enough that people are actually going to use gravel bikes? I think they will use gravel bikes. I still think it'll be pretty stick. But yeah, I saw. I saw someone was doing some random like recon video of the mm-hmm. course, and there were a couple sections that looked like slightly chunky, but most of it, you know, looks pretty straightforward um i think the big thing for the u.s riders that don't have experience over in europe is that the gravel quote roads are more like paths they're very narrow so think of it like a sidewalk that's gravel and Mm -hmm. that's the gravel road um but thankfully the course is harder in regards to climbing um 
there's a lot of pitches, like some steep stuff, and then there's a good finish climb. Um, so I do think it makes that a little bit more challenging versus mm-hmm. like a flat road race. Um, but no, it's going to be interesting. Definitely more technical, um, I would say, um, yeah. than what we're used to in regards to like tight corners, um, things of that sort. Yeah. I made drivetrain selection a little hard. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I've been running a one-by, um, and after looking at the course, I decided to go with a two-by instead. Um, That'll be better for this weekend, too. So just the course this weekend, I was, I've was i ridden the whole course at this point because I've been here since Schwamigan. The last 40 miles of the course, I was riding zone two, and I averaged 22 miles an hour. He's just so aero. <laughs> so <laughs> so aero. <laughs> so aero sucks. Got you. But I have never... I. I have never spent so much time in my hardest gear when riding gravel. And I've got a 52 tooth chain ring on, which is standard road gear. I was in the 5211, like more than I have ever ridden in the 5211 while riding gravel on the last 40 miles. That's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I think two by is better here. Well, I mean, I have the same, my one by, I was riding 48 front and I have 48. Oh, so you didn't even change the chain ring? No, it was more for like having better gearing for the climbs. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I love two by. Although the way my bike was sounding yesterday, I think they sort that out. (laughs) (laughs) Danny's bike always makes a noise. (laughs) That's right. I swear to God, it's traveling. You put your bike in the box, it's all good. You get it out, and then there's all sorts of noises. (laughs) It's just the way they like launch it in the plane and stuff. I was, I remember I was flying to some race and it was a small enough airport that we got to that you could see the guys unloading the bikes out the window, right? And there was a bunch of cyclists on the flight because we're all flying to this race and they were just, every, all the cyclists could see what was happening and the, the, they were just throwing oh, the bike bags yeah, like, out of the plane. Oh, literally, oh I, I can't look anymore. I, I've stopped looking because I'm just like, oh, there it goes. Yeah. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> and like, you can put a like a fragile sticker on it. Yeah, it doesn't they do. do any. It's almost like, okay, I'm going to lose this hard <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. So are, are there any uh, big names from the women's field that are missing this weekend? Uh, Sophia. Sophia, yeah. Sophia and Keegan are doing this race. They've already won. They've they've tapped out. <laughs> okay, so just Sophia. Yeah, I think so. Sophia doing gravel worlds? No, she's no, she's not. Is she? I don't know. No, but yeah, she's got to be doing you, gravel yeah, worlds. I swear she wasn't on your little announcement. Might be wrong. She's in the US. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> from. Yeah, she's not a US writer. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. She's oh, she will be then. Do you guys have predictions for how the Grand Prix riders who are going to Gravel Worlds will do. Mm. For the Grand Prix riders going to Gravel Worlds? Yeah. Well, because obviously, US riders? I mean, US riders are like Sophia. I mean, obviously, Sophia and Keegan dominate here, but how are they going to do? No, it's the Euro roadies that I think will dominate. Yeah. yeah. And we've got um, like Demi Bollerin and Annemiek Van Vleuten are now doing the women's race. And like, yeah, that the course will, I feel like Demi's going to tear it apart. Um, yeah, I think like, yeah. people that have European racing experience are yeah. going to do really well there. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm super interested interested to see how if Sophia is doing the race. I'm super interested to see how Sophia and Keegan do because obviously they couldn't have had a better year. 
yeah. over here in the U.S. Yeah. But it's just completely, it's that just different. That not like U.S. gravel at all. Yeah. And that's like, for yeah. me, part of the reason that I'm going is to get that experience just because it's not, it's not like gravel here. I think Sophia did a, a race in Italy not that long ago. So she did. Yeah. Okay. There's the, the UCI. Uh, I don't know how she did. Maybe that was her yeah. test, testing it. You know, I was surprised that um, Keegan didn't do the snowshoe race, the the World Cup marathon race. Well, I think he's prioritizing UCI mm-hmm. gravel worlds. And, I, you know, it sounds like the U.S. team has a lot of the guys have interest to work together, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think last year is kind of maybe thrown together and it's kind of everyone for, for themselves from what sure. I heard. This yeah. is all secondhand. But this year, it seems a lot of us, both men and women, want to work together. And so I just think that's going to be a better experience and also may help Keegan set up to yeah. do better as well. If you know. you know who actually has the most European experience out of the people that are going is Alexi. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Alexi, uh, you know, mm. Alexi has kind of been in the shadows of Keegan the last two years, but he's so he's fit fine. right now. Yeah. And yeah. like technically on that well. course, I think that yeah, Euro yeah. road experience is really going to pay off. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, that'll be interesting. Yeah. But it'd be nice. Like from, it's interesting because, you know, gravel here in the U S is I think very different than, you know, mm-hmm. European. And so it'd be nice to see the U S or even the grand, pre-riders that are not us like sophia do well because then it validates kind of what we're doing over here like if they're the best in the grand prix and then they go over and just get their asses kicked you know then it kind of is like oh man what what are we doing but again i don't think it's an even comparison because it's such a different course but a lot of people from the outside looking in that may be how they view it which i don't agree with but um yeah i'm always gonna want those riders to, to do well yeah yeah yeah, and I mean, you know, you see the same thing when European road racers come over here and try to do Unbound or something, right. you know? It's not the same. It's, there have been a few that have... <laughs> what is that? Oh. Forgetting. You're not from the US. You did great. You did great. <laughs> you're, the ex- you're the exception to the rule. Thanks. Thanks so much. I love how you two are just talking about European and I'm like, hello. Yeah, European suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're the exception to the rule. Because I don't, there have been, every single year at Unbound, the, you look at the start list and people are just freaking out because there's all these crazy names on the start list. Mm-hmm. And then half those people don't even, It's I don't even know if they finish the race. Like they get a flat and they're like, well, where's the, where's the team car? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely could tell them one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one told me about a paint stick. You US lot kept that quiet. I can't believe I didn't tell. I think like, I failed you. Like yeah. when I found that out, I was like, oh man. I was riding along holding my hand in front of my waist. I just thought it was assumed. Like you race gravel, let's just know. You bring a paint stick. No. I'll let you know. Painting is for painting, <laughs> not for scrubbing your wheels. <laughs> yeah. No, for, no, for next year. There you go. So I watched the I watched the um, the Lifetime video where you guys are like best friends forever. <laughs> How, so they they don't interview me. I think they've interviewed me once, and I, I don't know if they're they included it. I think we actually so, met. We literally met the day before. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so I, I was wondering how much of that is manufactured by them, and how much of that is. I think that, well, I think it's more that like. Because I literally, 
I think we followed each other on Instagram and Paige, but like, mm-hmm. and I arrived to the US and obviously no, no one. And I saw Paige was riding. So I was like, Paige, do you want to ride with me? <laughs> Please. And then, uh, and then from that, like, then we just did a couple of rides together, didn't we? And then they were like, oh, can we interview you and Paige about how you met? Um, yeah. And we had it off well. And it, I mean, that's hard just because, like, I mean, when you messaged me, I was like, yeah, you're coming over here. You know nobody. Like, none of your sponsors are over here. And I don't know. I feel like they're riders that are not from the U.S. Like, it's got to be really hard coming yeah. into this Grand Prix and community without having that support. So, yeah, it's like, cool. we got get along well and ride similarly. So, yeah. that helps as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it was authentic and you know, a lot of times they'll ask, like, hey, what's your schedule? And it's like, well, I'm riding with Danny. And I think they just maybe capitalized on that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they're kind of people. They're cool. It's all right, Dylan. One day they'll film me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to do, if I, maybe if I do well enough this week, and they'll have to interview. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like last year, like, if you watch a series, like, I was never interviewed like at all yeah. or filmed at Big Sugar. Yeah. And so then, like, when I won Big Sugar, it was kind of like, oh, wait, who is this person? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they probably pick like a few people and that's like their characters, but yeah, yeah I don't think they yeah. can highlight all. My mom was very upset. I think it's purely because of being the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first Britain. My mom was like, I can't believe that they didn't include you in the call of a lifetime. I'm like, mom, I was 16. <laughs> they didn't even include the person who got six. So <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you guys doing Lifetime next year? For sure, yeah. Yeah. If I get in, yeah. <laughs> you'll get in. Fourth place at Unbound, you'll for sure get in. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we cool. just have to get you to and, do to be Yeah, I, I can't do this jet lag malarkey, and I'll have to do it a bit better next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Australians just live here. Yeah, I know. See, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> so posh. <laughs> I'm not posh. Any Brit that listens to this, like, she's not posh. <laughs> if Americans hear a British accent, we just assume posh. But yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Adam, you get into Big Sugar yet, or what? Uh, nope. Dang. Not going. What? Not going. What no, about? Oh, I, mean, like, I didn't get in a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still buy tickets to the rave, and that's kind of like more important than that. So you should still consider going. <laughs> yeah. Bring the glow sticks. Yeah, I can also go to Cracker Barrel for dinner, but I'm not going like, to go do something I don't want to do. What's that? Yeah. What is it? It's like a restaurant. Cracker. What? It's not. What is? They. But they also. Ha- it's like a. Uh, how would you describe Cracker Barrel? There's like homestyle tchotchkes to buy at the front. This what? It's like a homestyle cooking with a lot of butter, and but then there's also like this like souvenir store also yeah right. it's you just have to experience it it's very um yeah you gotta go and I then listen back to the show and then you'll understand the yeah. reference <laughs> yeah. i went to an in and out tragic <laughs> oh <laughs> man oh, we just lost some listeners <laughs> <laughs> i actually get it why does in and out suck i've never eaten in and out in my life i haven't either the no, dude, okay. the, In-N-Out has like a cult. There's a cult following, and if, and if you oh. if you rag on uh, well, In-N-Out I agree all, with, the, I agree just with like Danny. In-N-Out sucks. <laughs> never getting there, but I just assume it sucks. <laughs> Your clothes guaranteed. They they do not have a veggie burger. See, no, it, exactly. That's why I just got chips. <laughs> 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 
Dang. All right. Well, is that probably lost our West Coast following there? Sorry. We definitely don't have that. Sorry, I love In and Out. You want to hit listener questions? Yeah, there's nothing else to talk about, right? I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? I literally have nothing else to talk about. All right. Well, let's hit listener questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So we got question from Tim on Instagram. So for anyone listeners, um, sometimes I read like the email questions. Sometimes I read Instagram questions. Sometimes I read newest to oldest. Today I'm doing Instagram oldest to newest. I don't know why. We just have to start getting through some of these. There's literally over 40 questions in the backlogs. So, uh, Tim's asking about a bike he should buy and I don't want to wait too long. Um, he wants to know why, first of all, why does factor only have a maximum tire width of 45? He says WTF. What's the issue with that? Um, but still, still in his question down here, so he says, my actual question is, uh, he wants to get a new gravel bike. He's currently running a giant advanced defy. I think that's a road bike, uh, with 32 to 34 tires. Yeah, it's gotta be a road bike. Um, time for a new gravel bike he rides basically all the terrain that you would see at bwr san diego because he lives in that area what would you recommend for tire wheel combination in addition to frame men or the frame so he has, says he has good mountain biking skills he's a master's age rider but he hangs he can hang with the kids on the local group rides should i pull the trigger on a factor yeah. ostro gravel <laughs> uh bmc something no with a k uh, the felt breed, he says, I, I was looking at Pinarello, but why do they spec their bike with e-car? Pinarello. Pinarello. Uh, I guess it comes with campy e-car. I don't know. Probably because it's Italian. That's why he's they do asking that. what bike to okay. get when you're He wants to know what bike to get, what gravel okay, bike should we get, and what, what wheels and this, tires. So this, this guy, this guy comes from BWR San Diego area. It, it blows my mind that people think that BWR San Diego, a good tire for that is like a 32 road tire. Let me guess, 47 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> right. there, there are sections of that course where a hardtail mountain bike would be the best would be the best bike. That's the only reason I got third. Yeah, dude, but had wider tires, I think. Yeah, but two it, really flat. What did you have? You're not really winning the race in those sections. What did most of the field have? I think a lot of the women were on narrow. Like yeah, 32s. Yeah, and it's right, not, the, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of flats there, and it's not even a course that I think lends itself to flats. It's just I think people are running right. basically road tires. Yeah, I think that's the only reason I got third is I did flat. Yeah, I just, I don't, I really don't understand. It, I think it's just because this race has been around for a while, and everybody traditionally did it on road bikes. I do not understand people thinking that you can like, like that a 32 road tire is the fastest tire for BWR California it blows my mind. Well, okay. So let's, let's throw the 32 road tire out the window. <laughs> he's already using that and he's already going to throw it out the window. He wants a bike that at least fits forties at a minimum. Forties. Yeah, it's got to be way bigger than that. Uh, feelings count. Well, no, it's not even worth like. More what? Yeah, it's not even worth upgrading if you're buying only forties. Forty-five tire not. clearance wasn't enough. <laughs> no, he was, <laughs> yeah, but it still made his list though. Okay. No, I'm saying he's running like 32, 34s now, right? Seems. He was yeah. About tires. Seems sufficient for me. 
you should plan on running 40 to 45 for all gravel events, I would say, for the tire width. I, there's not a single so, gravel. So why don't we start there? So so for Tim, we should we should start with what is the biggest tire that we think he should run at some point on his bike? And then you build the bike around that. Yeah. You want clearance for 42. 2.2 mountain bike tires. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we want to live? San Diego. San Diego. Or near the Vita. Uh, he rides yeah. in the Vita. He also says... He also says, should I wait to buy a gravel frame because bikes are about to get wider, cooler, and even better than they are currently? Um, they could definitely get wider, cooler, and better than the bikes that you called out here. I don't even know what this one BMC bike is. Yeah, yeah the BMC is quite like nice. My opinion is like clearance for like a 50 because a then you can run like 50. three items with yeah. a little mud clearance. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a very yep. reasonable like, goal or expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Some of these fifty bikes with clearance for fifties too. They, if you run a twenty-seven five, which I've never done, but people do it. If you run a twenty-seven five, you could basically put a mountain bike tire on it. I ran fifties at the rock cobbler at my checkpoint, and there was like that mud section, and I never had to like get, get off, off clear or anything. Oh, wow. clearance on that bike is bad. Okay. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of bikes to choose from, but make sure it fits 50s. Yeah. That's the main thing. At least 47 Pathfinders. <laughs> oh, gosh. I advertise their tire every single podcast 50 times. That's a hint. If you're listening, he wants to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. I just wanted to rain pathfinders on us. What was Casey's question that you sent to us earlier this week? Oh yeah, what was that question? I gotta find it. Hold please. Oh, it was it was if you had to pick a tire sponsor, basically, like if 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 Conti and Specialized were gonna make you an offer to as a tire sponsor, which one would you choose based on current tire? So if if both Specialized and Continental offer Dylan identical contracts, let's say fifteen thousand a year. But whatever he chooses, he had to obviously run their tires for both mountain bike and gravel. Which would he choose? Wait, hold on. Before you answer, though, I think I think there needs to be a first question answered, which is what would the number have to be for you to agree to either of these tires? Because I don't think 15K is enough. I feel like you would pass up on both of them. Probably like $6 million at least. He'll go with one and then shave right. one of the tires to make it look like the other one. <laughs> uh, Dylan already spends enough time modifying his tires. Yeah, we can't ask Did you more. See, of you. So I, I put the Conti Terra Speed on. Did you see the tire hairs on that thing? I thought you had trimmed them off already. Is it? I thought you trimmed some of them. It's like the tires after you've ridden them for a while to see how much like the tire hair. I don't weight. see. I don't care that much about the weight. It's that the tire hairs are like worse than your leg hair. Well, but the weight is indicative of like that yeah. tread going, like that tread fluff, as I call do it. Do you do that? Oh, yeah. I'll wait. Well, wow, I'll, that's. Well, you trim the hairs of your no, tire. I trim them, but after <laughs> I I always weigh my tire when it goes on and when it comes off. Oh my god! How much? You know, yeah, how but much what's the difference? Yeah, but three or forty grams. How do? You, what do you do like about yeah, the sealant, sealant and stuff? Right though? in there. Yeah. So then it's even more. Wow. Okay. Right. So That's I'm just saying, good. you can ride your tire for like a week or two instead of yeah. fluffing around and cutting the hairs off. I am sat between two absolute tire geeks. <laughs> that is, that's I'm way tired before and after I use. Yeah, I have a whole log and I calculate how many grams, well, oh millimeter, 
I have a chart. Oh, Whoa. Okay. If you saw you chart, oh my gosh, I'm not a regular on this podcast. I don't know. It's a bonk bro. I'm not a bro. <laughs> yeah, you can be a honorary bonk bro if what you want, we, Paige. Right. We, we, we've, uh, we've had people request uh, that we have females and then call it either bonk bras or bonk hoes. Which say, one? Which one would be? I was like, <laughs> what bras and bros? Hoes. Better than how well it goes down. You think it's going to go up after you have some ladies on here? Just saying, because your demographic's probably mostly men. Right. I would assume, but I don't know. It's it's it's, it's like it's mostly middle aged men and mommies. Yeah, my friend's mom. Too. I, I listen to it. I exactly. So. Right. Exactly. No, we we get moms who email us all the time. What are our questions? Mostly just support. Like they they just they they just send us like you know recipes and yeah tell us great job and stuff oh, like that. I can't believe Dylan wasn't in the lifetime Grand Prix bio. Multiple accounts. <laughs> Maybe Dylan's mom just has like fifteen different mommy emails. <laughs> That's commitment right there. What was his question again? Oh wait, no, we're on yeah, the new yeah. So we, we're still we still haven't got to what's the number? Oh yeah, we're on what's Casey's? Yeah, question. what's the dollar amount? Do we decide that? Okay, for higher sponsor. Um, and yeah. the dollar amount, and you can't say anything negative about them. I'm adding that caveat right here. Well, here's the thing. It would change the entire dynamic of this podcast, right? If I had a tire sponsor, because then I would only be able to talk about that one sponsor. And how good yeah, but our tire talk would go down significantly. Yeah, if, we make, if we make it, if you make enough money, then you can split it with us. And then we don't even have to. Yeah, do dude, the podcast. We're all trying to be Drew here and get your sponsors. <laughs> well, you guys could make it really difficult for Dylan and just talk about all the opposite brands. And what you've got. That's what that's what Dylan does to Scott. <laughs> Oh, man. That's why Scott doesn't dude, come I'm on so, anymore. I we can we put that part on Patreon or something? That was probably the funniest bit <laughs> of Bonk Bros when I was just shitting on all of. I think Scott's I think bonk. Scott made me delete it like permanently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, I don't know. Although I, their team is folding now, so we might as well. Oh wow, dude! Publicly saying it. <laughs> he said it last episode. I guess that's true. It was Payson that said it. Is that that's public knowledge? Yeah. Now, it's right? moving. I didn't cut it, so it, if it wasn't, it is now. <laughs> yeah, that is perfect. Perfect. Well, so I I haven't put enough time on the the Conti Terrace feed. I literally just put it on last weekend, but I'm pretty impressed with it right now. It comes in a 45. It measures 44, which is really irritating to me. Usually, gravel tires will say that they're a 40 and they measure 41 or 42, especially if you put it on a wide rim, which I have. And the fact that this one actually measures smaller than it's advertised is, I'm, I'm not happy about that. But I, I've, I've been impressed with the tires so far. And I put, I put up a post on my story about that tire and it was, there was a wave of people just being like, that's my favorite tire ever. Um, it does well on bicycle rolling resistance. And obviously I love the Conti race King. It's my go-to mountain bike race tire. So I think I'd have to go with Conti over specialized dude, but you would, you would sacrifice the opportunity to ride a 2.4 ever. <laughs> Hopefully if I worked with Conti, I would tell them that you have to put out a, uh, honestly, forget how much money they're going to pay me. You need to have a 2.4 race King. Agreed. All right. Would you choose specialized or Maxis? Is it, what what kind of question is that? Ramblers, obviously. <laughs> What's the real? 
What's the slick boy that we're talking about? <laughs> the the refuse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. refuse. Yeah. See, this is interesting. It's like boys. if you sign with a certain bike company, would they allow you to run a specialized tire? I think it depends on the company because some companies don't care about that. Conti don't, Conti don't make that because frames. they're such fierce competitors with specialized. I think but, a lot of companies would yeah. care about Like you have a specialized logo on your helmet, right? I know, which is really weird. The reason I, people have asked me that too, like, are you sponsored by specialized? I'm not sponsored by specialized, but I have a specialized helmet. And when I got the helmet wrapped by the feed, I, they just included the specialized logo and I didn't say anything. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're like promoting specialized, but that yeah, but it's also like conflicting with bike brands too. Dude, no wonder we're not getting specialized dollars for the Pathfinders. You're already giving them free promotion. Yeah, we need we need to stop recommending specialized Pathfinders. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm gonna feel that pinch, <laughs> all the sway that yeah. we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we need to start. We need to start uh, repping like challenge, so we can get no, get Dizzle dude. some only if we want some recognition. Race. <laughs> I, I don't know the new the new the new challenge casing. Right. Uh, the one that's got you know most of their most of their casings are uh, tan wall, and they're tan wall because it's actually like a cotton sidewall. Um, at least I think. But the new one that's a rubber casing. That one is supposed to be a lot more flat resistant, and Drew hasn't flatted yet. So, all right. Uh, this conversation is getting boring oh, quick. No. Dylan, just give us your answer. I think he said Conti, <laughs> putting words in his mouth. Conti fifty k. All right. Challenged. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. The challenge tires are basically the fastest uh, gravel tire that you can get, but you're gonna flat. Right. Yeah. All right, I got another question. I don't know when we became like the gear like podcast, but we did. So I this one's from Dylan. He says, about "Gear that much when we're actually the only time we talk about gear is listener questions." For sure, uh, brethren of Bonk, love the podcast. I'm in the market for a disc road bike, and I found a set of really nice used carbon wheels in mint condition, hmm. but I'm skeptical because they are hookless. What are y'all's thoughts on hooked versus hookless wheels? I considered turning around and asking Dylan this when I passed him on a ride recently, but figured he would appreciate me leaving him alone and asking the podcast instead. <clears throat> Thanks, guys. Uh, that last part was correct. Me? Dylan would have just like <laughs> put his other earbud in and just ridden away. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have. Uh, hook, don't be don't be scared. Hookless, hook, gravel, hookless is great. You just need to not put them up to super high pressure, but you shouldn't be riding up super high pressure anyway. So. I also think the question should be what tires see. he's running because the tire interface with how the rim is is an important thing to evaluate. So, like mm-hmm. looking at the ERT of for sure and like yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong. Yeah, especially on road. Yeah, I do feel like road is is there's more of a compatibility issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it depends on the road wheels. I, I would honestly, for road, I would look at the manufacturer's website and see if they have a recommendation or list of approved tires and make sure you're at least just running those c- compatible tires. Yeah. Just as an example, I wouldn't be scared about hookless. Yeah. Just as an example, envy, um, their, you know, their wide hookless wheel, there are certain tires that you shouldn't be running with that wheel. At least they recommend that you don't use certain tires with that wheel. For who? For Envy. Oh, yeah. Right. That's why I'm, yeah. 
Uh, okay, I lost this question, but I'm trying to find it. But it, basically, they just asked, how much sealant do you put in your tires? It depends on what tire, Polish. what race. That's a loaded question. <laughs> Are there do you, goat heads? Do you weigh the sealant before and after you put it in? No, but I measure it with a syringe, and you, you know, do the math with that. What? Jeez. Oh my! Then gosh. you guys just do the like. Close <laughs> 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 my eyes, pull, give it a shake. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so I I use a I use four spoke worths. Spoke worths. Wait, is that a measurement? Yeah. So like. Wait, oh yeah, yeah. No, I've heard that. So like like yeah, you know yeah, sport, yeah. four four spoke holes worth of sealant yeah yeah wow. yeah okay which changes if you have different spoke uh, numbers on your wheels but I don't really care yeah yeah um, I mean obviously. I mean why wouldn't you just use however much they tell you to use yeah I mean I do that and so, sometimes I'm like oh just a little <laughs> bit extra for this one yeah <laughs> so obviously it depends on the size of the tire I think that's the most obvious but. It depends on the race too. So for unbound and big sugar, I load that thing up with sealant. There's a ton of sealant in my tire. No wonder you went so slow at big sugar last year. (laughs) Right. Well, at least I didn't. And you have liners. Yeah, for those two races. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan of liners. Do you guys not use them? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if, as long as you're like, like, putting fresh sealant in. It went as well. It was like oh. Strata style. Well, then the rear amount. Yeah. Like, Otherwise, yeah. I'm not even there, so I'm done since. Yeah. Oh. I mean, dude, we, all right, next did we Did we give him an answer? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> um, we give him an exact amount, but, you know, he got the gist. Yeah. Just, just do whatever the manufacturer says. It's going to be close enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone sent a picture of their bike with Conti Terra Speeds in the 45 and said, highly recommend testing them. Pathfinders are getting boring. Oh, wow. Well, D- Dylan's way ahead of you. That was like three weeks ago. What the? Dude, another tire question? Is this a joke? Uh, this one's from Jeff. Uh, my bike can only accommodate up to 42 mil tires. This limit, though, really only relates to the rear tire. I could easily get a 47 on the front, given that what's better, running a 47 by 700 front, 42 by 700 rear, or running 47 front and back, but with 650B in the rear? Oh, that sounds sketchy. No, I tire up front. I've talked about this multiple times on this podcast, I feel like, but if... I'm if I'm gonna run different size tires for gravel, I actually think that the bigger tire needs to be in the rear. Now I know that's not how you know the frame versus fork clearance on a lot of bikes operate, but I think in an ideal world, if you're gonna do different size tires, you would actually have the bigger tire on the rear. I think it's gonna depend on the course yeah, though. Agreed. Like for unbound, yeah, possibly. But like a technical course as more descending, I'm gonna want the front wider. Because that's like you know, the wheel you got to protect. Like, why would you say on the rear? This is why I say bigger tire on the rear. Um, but, but the rear wheel is the one you want to protect, though. Yeah. Like, it's way down. easier to miss something with the front tire. Yeah. But if you're descending, you lose, like, the front wheel is where you lose control. Like, you want control on that for, like, cornering or grip. So you didn't, oh, you're saying you for, like, traction? In flats, you meant um, protect in terms of losing traction. I see what you're saying. So this is just for flat. Yeah, most of your weight isn't there. Well, so flatting is part of my decision, but the other part is that the aerodynamics of the front tire matters more than the aerodynamics of the rear tire. Okay. 
And the wider the tire is, the less aero it is. Right. So, hence, you would put a smaller tire on the front. There, there are people on the road that already do that. They put... Reverse mullet. You know? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, I guess a follow-up question to this person is, the why is there such a discrepancy on the rear? Like, is that because he's at a 2 by and the battery is, like, in the way? Can he go to a... Like, okay. So the, the, this needs to happen. If they're going to make a gravel-specific electronic group set that's 2 by the battery needs to not be in the way of the tire. They need to make the, the they need to make the battery have more clearance for the wheel. That's how they distinguish a front a front derailleur for gravel versus a front derailleur for road. Or you can just do a one by. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would agree. Yeah, for real. That would be that'd be nice. I don't know if that answered that question. Okay. Uh, next next question comes in from Trey. It's not really a question. It's a response to when Dizzle was talking about Bear Grylls. <laughs> uh, and he says, I, I believe Bear Grylls did a piss enema, not drink his own urine. Thanks for reading this important message. Somehow Drew got into the topic of talking about how Bear Grylls used to drink his own pee. Yeah, so he like mentioned we it a few times. I don't know why we were talking about it. Is this like a survival? Do thing? you remember I mean, Tyler? It is fairly sterile, but yeah. like it was yeah. no, just for fun. You know, Bear Grylls. Yeah, is. Bear I didn't venture to survive. He's British, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course, a Brit drinks their own piss. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. He's taking the piss. Oh, yeah, he's taking it. That's funny. Bear Grizzly? Is that the name? The Bear Grizzly. Is that what taking the Bear Grylls? Yeah, I think so. Bear Grylls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a survivor like dude. Uh, I think the L before the Z. I think it's actually an S. I don't know. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, Drew is just talking about yeah. that show. Why? I'm not really sure, but that's the context there. <laughs> All right. Well, now we know the, the truth. <laughs> There was there was no urine drink. It was it just got shoved up. Thank the you, Trey, for correcting us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. This one uh, this one's good for you, Dylan. I guess or me or whoever else is drop our curious. Uh, here's my take on why. Or oh, it's from Tyler. Here's my take on why people like riding drop bars for Iceman. Uh, most riders who are not pros will inevitably end up in single track traffic where having wider bars doesn't provide any benefit but having more aerodynamic drop bars can help make passes on the two track and dirt roads and even make it easier to squeeze through gaps of single track traffic. This does not apply to the pros who will be going world cup speeds through the single track. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Iceman's a mountain bike race, flat taps hmm. End of story. So you're a full like seat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. And, and you think just on principle, what page page has that stance, but just based on principle. Yeah. Mostly. Was it chunky? No. It's summer. Well, you weren't that strong again, but it's like a non-technical mountain bike race, mostly like CND double track with some single track. I will say that. Yeah, and it's actually probably smoother than Schwamigan. Can you not just put fat tires on your gravel? Ooh, I want to ride a gravel bike there. Can Jeff Jeff Kabush? Fat tires on a gravel bike. OG drop bar guy. He raced before, so. There we go. Out of how many years has Iceman going? How many years has a gravel bike won in comparison to a mountain bike race? Yeah, but also, I mean, most of the time, the entire field is on a mountain bike. We have a race True. in the UK that has this similar debate. It's called really? Battle on the Beach. And it's a section where, like, between everyone, the whole debate every year is, 
Does everyone ride a mountain bike or gravel bike? Cause is it a beach race? The first half is, but then it goes into the woods and it's quite mountain biking. Um, so, so I think, I mean, the only, I think the only way you're going to win on a drop bar bike is by going away solo. Right. Okay. You know, if it comes to the line and you're having to fight through technical single track or, or even technical how, wide how track. How is the single track? At Iceman? Yeah. Depends on the year. It's yeah. It's not that tech it's not technical. It's just it's just kind of tight and like winding. Gotcha. I personally think it'd be fine on a drop bar bike because like there are some tighter tree gaps that like if you were on the drop bar bike you could like squeeze through easily. Yeah, like once um, I had to chop my bars in the parking lot the day before the race because I kept hitting a tree. That final section was like freshly cut trail and there was just like and granted, I'm like the worst mountain biker ever. So, you know, I'll take this with a grain of salt. But I was like, I got to chop the bars and keep hitting this tree. So yeah. things are tight, whereas like a gravel bike would so add just a chop one side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I chopped both sides. But yeah, but, but you're not going to, you're not going to win the bike race in that section on a drop bar bike. Like it's definitely not going to be faster. Okay. Yeah. But if you can go into that section solo because you got away solo and the drop bars helped you stay away then i mean i think that's that's the only strategy and that's what happened with kabush like they let him get away why would they do that i don't know alexi said there, he didn't man. even know who kabush <laughs> was so that's probably why <laughs> but i think you're right like if the the point of running the drop bar bike is that it's more aerodynamic is that is that yeah. the reason okay so yeah you're right like if it's more aerodynamic then yeah your tactic would be to try to get away early and just solo mm-hmm. right but is that going to happen in the men's or the women's field now that the fields are more competitive? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never even done Iceman, so I don't know how the race plays out. Depends how many beers you have at Big Sugar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's... Uh, okay, Dylan... At a principle, but there's just me. Flat bars. I, I, so I think, I think your take on that is closed-minded. Take on Because what? you're... Now you're calling the drop bar mountain bike not a mountain bike. Like, it's still a mountain bike. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I I wasn't arguing with you. I was arguing with Paige. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that was Alexi's take, too. And I was like, dude, you're you're missing the fact that it's still a mountain bike. Sure, it doesn't look quite the same, but it's still a mountain bike. Yeah, I don't, like, I think what, that's what's fun about off-road racing is that there are so many setups, and as it evolves, like, the setups are evolving, too. There's, I have no issue with people. I just, totally. You know, that's great. I think it's unique, and if it works for you, it works for you. I just haven't tested or framed yeah. that, and I don't have any kind of interest in that, but you do you, man. Well, on that note, uh, Ian sent in a question that's uh, related to the same topic. Boswell. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if Ian wants me to say his last name, but no, it's not Boswell. Uh, so Ian says, Hey Adam, it was great chatting with you at the five Oh, thanks again for your advice beforehand. It helped me have my most successful race of the season and beat my time from last year, despite being quite a bit less fit. I have another question, uh, that might be a good one for the bunk bros about drop bar mountain bikes. Again, Uh, if you, (laughs) Yeah. So it's either tired so the question or is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the question is, 
Uh, I have a few races coming up for next year uh, that I'm eyeing, like Rule of Three, Unbound XL, where I think a drop bar mountain bike could be the move. I have a Trek Super Caliber, and I'm considering converting it to drop bars, but I'm unsure of how it will fit and don't want to have to buy loads of different stems and bars to dial in the fit. How did you guys go about the process of converting your hardtails to drop bars? Did you determine some optimal geometry measurements first? And if so, were they similar to old flat bar measurements or more like your gravel bike? Uh, Any other tips would be uh, helpful and appreciated and whether or not I should even consider this. uh, Thanks, Ian. Don't consider it. It looks real dumb. Next question. Yeah. And it's not a mountain bike, so it doesn't even count. So you can use it at mountain bike races and... Adam's pissed. Um, so, so what I would say is if, so in this case, like Ian's going to convert an existing bike. So in that case, like you, you can't, you can't get it. Uh, it's not going to be a custom fit. Like you're going to have to adapt it so that it fits to you. Um, and like what I had to do was, I think I run a 70 millimeter stem instead of like 110 mil stem. So I had to use a, and, and that's relating to my gravel bike. Like I try to get the fit as close to my gravel bike basically as possible. So just look at like the stack and reach and try and find a stem that will give you the similar reach measurement to your gravel bike. Yeah. Uh, if I had to go back again, I would actually prefer a size smaller mountain bike so I could use like a normal stem on it. Uh, so that'd be like a size small mountain bike. And then I could use like a 90 mil stem. What about you though, Dylan? I usually run a hundred mil stem but I have a 70 mil stem on my drop bar mountain bike and the, the reach is slightly, I would say 10 mil, 10 or 20 mil shorter. I should measure it 10 or 20 mil shorter than on my gravel bike. And the reason for that is because my gravel bike is quite stretched out to be as aerodynamic as possible, but I wanted handling to be a little bit more of a priority on the drop bar mountain bike. Don't you have like 130 mil stem on your gravel bike? 140. Nice ridiculous okay you said 100 yeah that's a big difference You're compensating for something <laughs> uh, okay yeah so i mean that's really like the only advice that i can give is okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just based off stack and reach. <laughs> Dylan, what what do you think of rule of three as a on the drop bar? Well, I haven't done that race either. The drop but bar mountain bike. A lot of people. So when whenever I rock up to a race on my drop bar mountain bike, people tell me all these races that the bike would be perfect for. The bike would be perfect for Iceman. That's a that's a typical one. Um, the bike would be perfect for rule of three. I've heard that a lot. Uh, haven't done rule of three. So I don't know. It's hard for me to comment on it from what I've heard about the race. I mean, yeah, it seems like a good bike for it. Okay. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did you bring that bike into the right. arrow like wind tunnel or how did you do testing on that bike versus gravel bike versus mountain bike? Yeah. So I did not win. He used his feelings <laughs> to test, which was faster. <laughs> I did not I did not wind tunnel test that bike. I would have loved to have win I actually brought it with me to the wind tunnel, but you have very limited time in the wind tunnel and right. you know, I don't know. They were like that bike looks stupid, so <laughs> um I did not wind tunnel test the bike. It's probably a lot less aerodynamic, uh, for obvious reasons. 
but I don't know how much. Um, but when I, when I, for example, I rode that bike actually at Crusher, which might seem like a weird decision. But the reason why I did that is because aerodynamics doesn't matter a lot at Crusher. And I was, what I was specifically testing was the rolling resistance of the gravel bike with the gravel tires versus the mountain bike with Conti Race Kings, which is almost the fastest mountain bike tire that you can get. And I mean, I've basically come that bicycle rolling resistance.com has shown this and my own testing has shown this a really fast pair of cross country mountain bike tires is actually faster than an equivalent pair of gravel tires. Right. Okay. Which sounds weird, but the reason for that is because you manufacturers can make a cross country mountain bike tire with a thinner casing because the volume is so much higher. And a thinner casing, not always, but generally means that the rolling resistance is lower. That doesn't necessarily mean the bike is faster. Again, that bike is way less aerodynamic. So if it's a course where aero matters a lot, yeah. I'm not going to use it. But okay. for Crusher, I used it. So you were mostly testing the tires, not the bike. Yeah, it was more so the tires, I would say. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Hence the tire podcast. Right. <laughs> This isn't this this isn't yeah. meant to be a tire podcast. I knew it would be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I'd be curious, like for the mountain bike specifically. So taking the gravel bike out of the equation, so mm-hmm. mountain bike normal like flat top bars versus mountain bike hardtail with curly bars, mm-hmm. so or drop bars. Mm-hmm. So what testing have you done there between the two with the same tire? I mean, I haven't tested those two. Okay, it just yeah. feels faster. Oh, she's calling me out. <laughs> I think it's like the mountain bike, like Schwamigan, Iceman, or like, so like how, how are you making the determination that that's faster than the flat top mountain bike? So I think, I, I mean, I think that there's been enough data at this point to say conclusively that drop bars, aerodynamically speaking, are faster than flat bars. But if you're on a gra- like a flat ground, just the road. bars, or is it your body position? If you train, yeah, the body position. But if right. you're like, if you look at Leadville and mm-hmm. all the people that can get almost to like a TT position on their flat top bars, mm-hmm. like that's what I would want to see tested up against the drop bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if someone's really good and has that, like they have pads in the middle of the bars and they're lower, like mm-hmm. what's the difference there between the drop bars? What I would argue for Leadville, because I did ride the drop bar bike at Leadville. Yeah. What I would argue for Leadville is that you could test an aerodynamic position with flat bars and the normal drop bar position and see, and, you know, maybe you would find that there's no difference between the two, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're basically in the same body position with the two bars. I would argue that no, even if you're trying to constantly think about being in that position, it's actually very hard to be in that position for a hundred miles. Yeah. yeah. You know, whereas if you have the drop bars, you're forced to be in that position. Right. But again, it wouldn't be a hundred miles. You have to do the math and say like the flat sections is where, because if you're climbing or descending, then I actually did the math. Oh, you did? Six minutes faster. Okay. On the drop bars. But I thought you didn't test that compared to the. I was podcast. using I was using um, uh, bicycle. What's it called? Bike calculator. Best bike split. Best bike split. Okay. Six minutes. Okay. Huh. So it's not a it's not a lot of time. I mean, it's not like you're. The six minutes is a lot. Six like minutes. I mean, that could be end. three or four places. You know. Right. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing that I'll say about the drop bars for Leadville is that 
this was this was probably the biggest determining factor for me. I wasn't any slower on the power line descent or the column line descent. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. Uh, okay. Was a rant. <laughs> let's 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 do let's do one more. <laughs> so this email came came into the email. I don't know why I switched to the email all of a sudden. I was doing Instagram. It's weird. But now I'm on an email. Uh, okay, this one's from Lin or Jim. In uh, the email title said Lance who S O G died at Gravelocos, and I was like, holy shit! How did we miss that someone died at Gravelocos and not talk about it? Um, then I opened up the email and realized that S O G was short for Spirit of Gravel. So, whew, crisis averted. We didn't miss anyone. No one died at Gravelocos, which is great. It the Lance who? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, so, so they say when talking about racers, 99% of the time you go first name and last name, unless it's Lance, then it's always just Lance. That's true. Huh? Are you on a first name basis with Lance? Cause he's such a great guy or is there a backstory? I think, uh, so we're talking about Lance. Hey, debt. <laughs> we need, we really need uh, to say Lance hate it. If we start, start talking about Lance on this podcast. Apparently there's definitely Dude, a podcast where we were talking about Lance and how like Lance could win some race. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about Lance Armstrong at all. <laughs> Dude, here's a crazy revelation that I had when I first opened this email. I've never thought of Lance talking about Lance hate it. I've never I've never correlated that his name is Lance just like Lance Armstrong. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. He's like he's one of the top cyclists in the US right now. I, and his name is also Lance. This is a great point that this guy is bringing up. For sure there was a podcast where we were just saying the word Lance and talking about how he could yeah. win races and this and that and whatever. And there were probably so many people that thought we meant Armstrong. Yeah. Uh so thanks, Jim, for clarifying. <laughs> uh, okay. Next one. So the actual and, and I don't know, why do we call him just Lance? Yeah, I mean, he is a friend of ours, but I don't know why. Because we, we call other friends by their last name sometimes, so I don't know. Uh, all the Gravel Locos... Oh, in all the Gravel Locos muckety, you miss the moment the spirit of Gravel died. When the outside agency, a car on the highway, affected the front group, the next group caught up but didn't let the first group have their gap back. Even the Tour de France has spirit of gravel when French trains interrupt the race and they they keep the gap the same. What is up with that? Uh, thanks. Keep up the good work, Jim. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't that, know that that happened. Honestly, that car stopped me from getting a top five. It's really disappointing. You should protest. <laughs> Adam, you want to comment on this? <laughs> I don't know what that breaks from me. You're the one who who killed the spirit of gravel at Gravel Locos. This question is about you. What's the what's the question? Did the car remember how we were in a breakaway of five, and then there was a car that stopped our breakaway of five? Yeah, and Ian was chasing. <laughs> yeah, what's the question? So, so they're they're saying that the the spirit of gravel died in that moment because there was a gap. Then a car interrupted the race, and then after the car left, there was no more gap. Mm-hmm. And like in road racing, they would have let that gap open back up again. You think? But in Gravelocos, the gap was just permanently closed. I mean, that has happened in road racing where a group has a gap and then something interrupts the race and then they maintain that. Yeah, gap. that happened to me. Yeah, 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 because there's official on the making sure that the gap <laughs> is open. I'm not sure we would have agreed <laughs> five kids to finish. You guys were 10 seconds behind. The other thing about the gap is that it was really small, you know. Yeah, it was, yeah, maybe five or ten, but, I mean, it was so close to the finish that... Uh, 
I think we would have made it. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's easier to say, but uh, it's funny because I pre-rolled that course the, the day before and I was like, this is like, this this intersection is going to be dangerous. It's literally the, the only fast road in Heiko. And that's the reason why I stopped because if I didn't pre-ride the course, like we had so much time before that red car that we would have been okay. It would have been the other. Were you the one that was pulling? on the Yeah, yeah. So I was the one that pulling and I saw the car really far away. So it would have been way okay to pass. It's just that I was like, if we pass, those guys are maybe not going to look and then they're going to get in trouble. But yeah, that's the only reason because I don't know if you remember, but we had to stop a long, like at least like five or 10 seconds for the car to finally pass. So we would have enough time for sure. It's just that because I pre-rolled it, I saw the red car coming, but um they didn't have anyone at that intersection? Uh, What's that? There weren't any like officials stopping you traffic there or anything? That there's there's a there was a SUV following us the whole race and then we <laughs> cross a road and then No, but it's because of water crossing that they lost us. They lost us in the water mm-hmm. crossing. Like yeah, they, because they that, make it through or something. Yeah, I think they need to go around or something. I don't know. Yeah, because the car caught me back. Like a tricky for the finish when I was solo. Gotcha. Yeah. Because there was like so, a water crossing at yeah. 10K. So we had a car following us the entire race. And then the the one part where it would be helpful to have a car blocking the road, it wasn't. There. So I don't know. To me, it doesn't sound like the spirit of gravel was lost. That just sounds like that's actually the spirit of gravel is yeah, to the spirit of keep gravel races is definitely just stopping unsupported, stopping dangerous, you know, yeah, no that's officials. Get your pure skill. That's probably a good You're yeah. right. Your, your the other racer kill. Yeah, I think yeah. The only thing it's spirit is to keep the other safe. I feel like, and that's kind of why I was very hungry after gravel loco. Is that I feel like some guys were dangerous because of how mad they were, mm. and to me that's worse mm. than trying to win a race. Yeah, so it sounds like the spirit of gravel is well, you know, alive and well. <laughs> yeah, I think I earlier in this podcast I said it was dead. <laughs> 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 that was back in May, right? <laughs> it was. Somewhere between now and May. Did it? Did somebody revive it? I mean, aren't spirits like already kind of dead? So like, how uh, can a spirit well, die? So yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, that's 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 a lot of questions. I think I think we can cut it there. Yeah, there's one more drop bar question. Retired question. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Are we doing questions? Oh my god. No, that's great. why there's so many because we do like I four. Realize how unteky I am. Mm-hmm. This is great. I realize how techy pages. I love it. Yeah, Danny, you, you still have like 36 hours to completely change your bike setup. I know. Get to it. I might do it. It's making. I am going to get to the bike shop today. <laughs> yeah, it's making some funky noises. Danny's going to show up to the line with like 650B, front oh mil tires, yeah. front fork, sus- suspended fork. Yeah, and then just ride to the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Real. Love it. All right. Sick. Well, this was fun. Thanks, thanks, gals, for coming on. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks for having us. Um, Paige, we'll definitely hit you up next time we have a, a gear loaded uh, episode because this is every episode. Wait, you, why uh, would you hit me? Up? I know. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't we don't want to interrupt your uh, your jet lag acclimation <laughs> sessions. That's all right. If you want to talk coffee, uh, <laughs> wow. There we go. Okay. Probably, I would guess coffee would probably have a bigger impact on your race than. Than uh, 
drop bars on a mountain yeah. bike. But. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation is caffeine. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wait, hold on. I've got 12 questions here on caffeine. <laughs> Should we answer those real quick? <laughs> <laughs> we got to go live, man. <laughs> yeah. No, let's get out of here. Okay. Well, good luck this weekend, everyone. Thanks. Yeah.